Now, before I get started this morning, I've got to give you a little disclaimer. I am not a doctor. Did anybody wonder about that? I am not a doctor. I just play one on television. So uh, what I'm about to say, especially in this, uh, the introduction part, you might want to take with a, a grain of salt, if you remember what Megan said. If, if those of you that know me know that I am kind of a saltaholic, so Megan, when I saw the, the, the popcorn, I'm trusting that that is extra salty popcorn that y'all gave us for pastor appreciation. I love salt. I can't get enough salt. I put salt on almost everything. I put salt on pizza. We, when we go out to, you know, they usually don't put salt on the tables when you go out for pizza. We always ask for it. We, I put salt on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. No matter who's doing the cooking, I always presume that it needs more salt because for me, I generally need it. Now, that being the case, and I don't hide it from anybody, I've had people that love me over the years say, Craig, you got to stop that. It's going to give you hypertension or high blood pressure and you're going to have a heart attack. But here's the deal. This is the truth. I, um, I actually have very low blood pressure, especially for an old man my age, Jesse. I know that's what you're thinking. And so... I've always kind of wondered about the disconnect because I eat so much salt, I wonder why then do I have such low blood pressure? So I went to a friend of mine who happens to be a doctor and I, I asked him, I said, I figured he'd give me the true scoop because you never know. I said, tell me really what's going on and this is how I explain. I think I might have shared this with some of you before, but this is what I learned about salt and hypertension. Um, it, is a, it is a fact that a, a, a lot of people um, that Salt exacerbates uh, high blood pressure for people that are predisposed to it. Um, so it. But it doesn't do that for everybody, apparently, right? But this is what we can know about all of us who live in America, especially. We Americans um, consume far more salt than the human body really needs. And thus, the American Medical Association... Um, came up with a standard statement that basically says, salt is bad. So I've decided, being a saltaholic, I've decided to, to stand up and, and start a campaign to, to fix this egregious error by proclaiming that salt is good. Somebody say amen? Especially if you're a Christian. Somebody say amen to that. Because as we heard from Megan already this morning in the children's time, as Christians, we, the Bible teaches that we are the salt of the earth, right? Now, the real question then becomes, well, what in the world does that mean? Ha-ha, that's a really good question. If you haven't asked that question, you should. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to try to explain it as best I can this morning, but what I really want you to hear is that... Um, this scripture, this truth that proclaims that as Christians, as believers in Jesus, you are the salt of the earth, that that truth is really the foundation for the um, all-church study that we're going to be doing um, these next few weeks, the soul detox, because the truth that you are the salt of the earth is um, what is driving us or what uh, causes us to pursue the need to have our souls detoxed. So, 
Um, this morning, if you have your Bibles, and I've noticed as I'm greeting people at the door, I've noticed a lot of you are bringing your Bibles. Good job, those of you that are bringing your Bibles. For those of you that aren't bringing your Bibles, I still love you. But if I just want, I really just, if you'll just kind of, you know, make me feel good, bring your Bibles with you. I, I don't even know if you're going to open them up on Sunday morning, but I pray that you will. I want you to be able to test me, make sure that I'm staying with the Scripture uh, you may discover that when I quote a passage of Scripture, it's different than what you have in your translation, and that's a good thing because it kind of gives you a different nuance of maybe what's being said, and if I'm saying something wrong, I want you to call me on it, okay? So I want you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, let me know, and I will get you a Bible. won't cost you anything. It will be free. Let me know, and I'll get you a Bible, all right? Matthew chapter 5, and as you're looking up Matthew chapter 5, let me give you a little context for what we're going to be uh, uh, looking at today, the truth that I believe that God wants to reveal to us. Matthew chapter 5 uh, contains one of the most beautiful um, passages of Scripture in all the Bible, and it's called the Beatitudes. Now, if you're like me and you didn't grow, grow up going to church, you've never heard the word Beatitudes, but basically what it means is blessing. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus is preaching, He's, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is preaching to a group of people who don't feel very blessed. They feel as though the, the conditions of life, the circumstances of life are, are kind of stacked against them. And when they look at life and they look at all that's going on, they go, you know, I'm just looking for a little hope. So here, Jesus proclaims the, what has become known as the Beatitudes. And he talks about how people who are depressed are actually blessed. He talks about um, people who are introverted. You know, sometimes introverts feel like, you know, they kind of get overlooked. And uh, he says the, the meek are blessed. He says... Um, those that are persecuted for the faith, they are blessed. And he goes on and on. He talks about, about all these, these things that these people have been experiencing. He talks about them as being blessed. And in essence, what he is saying is this. Your circumstance need not define who you are. What he says, what he's basically saying to these people who feel hopeless is that I am your hope. I, as the creator of the universe, as the king of kings and the lord of lords, I want to invite you to be a part of my family. I love you. And if, if you would just receive this, this blessing that I'm offering to you, relationship, all those things that you feel have been stacked against you that have been keeping you from being happy and whole are going to stop being the things that are keeping you from being happy and whole. And they're gonna, you're going to instead be lifted up and encouraged and filled with life and hope because of me, Jesus said. I love that. But this is the, unique, the uniqueness about the message of Jesus. He says, I'm giving you these blessings. And he says, this is, what, this is the human condition. 
When human beings receive something of value, you know what we have a tendency to do? Right? Oh, I've got to cling on. I've got to hang on to this because this is so valuable. I've got, got to make sure it doesn't get away from me. Jesus says, stop that. Because the, the, this, this hope, this blessing that I'm trying to bestow on you, um, if you cling to it, it will lose its value. If you cling to it and make it all yours, um, it will lose something. Because it is meant to be shared. This, this gift, this hope, this blessing only becomes all that it is meant to be when you give it away. But if you cling to it and you make it, and it becomes all about you and it all becomes, it's, it's exclusively personal. Well, let me, I'll have Jesus explain to what happens when you do that. This is Matthew 5.13. If you've got your Bibles open, you'll see it. In Matthew 5.13, Jesus says, this is where we got what Megan was talking about earlier. In Matthew 5.13, it says, for you, those of you who have received the blessing, of relationship with me, for you are the salt of the earth. For you are the salt of the earth. You, because of you, people will thirst for this. They ought to thirst for this blessing that, I've, that you have received. You know, you, you have enough salt makes you thirsty. That's what you're supposed to be for the world. For you are the salt of the earth. But you know what happens when salt loses its flavor? It says salt that has lost its flavor is cast out and trampled under the feet of men. Now, what does that mean? Well, basically what he's trying to say is that um, as the salt of the earth, it's possible for you to become unsalty. And salt that isn't salty is just yucky, right? That's a big technical theological term, <laughs> yucky. In fact, he, Jesus said back in the day when salt would lose its flavor, they would just throw it out. They would just throw it out onto the ground for people to walk on. Because it has no value then. Jesus um, uses another analogy to try to help um, these people that he has invited into relationship, invited into the family. He says, he says you are the light of the world. So, and so don't hide your light under a bushel basket. Because why? The light is meant to be shared. You are the... Light of the world, you are the salt of the earth. You are meant to be blessed by his blessings. But these blessings are meant to be shared. And they are also meant to be nurtured and taken care of because apparently um, if you don't take care of, the salt, of your saltiness, you can lose your saltiness. So the question then becomes, well, what can we do, what do we need to do to make sure that we don't lose our saltiness? Because the moment we lose our saltiness, um, not only does it affect us, but it affects our testimony to the world. So what can we do? Well, that leads us to this book study that we're going to be um, in in the next few weeks called Soul Detox. 
there are all kinds of things, because we live in a lost and fallen world, a sinful world, there are all kinds of things, toxins or pollutants in the world that are threatening to steal your saltiness. What are these things? Well, I'm not going to go into all of them today, but I'll give you a little hint as to what some of them are. Some of them, one of the toxins is something as simple as words, words that we use against other people or words that are used against us. Words are powerful. Have you ever noticed that? Words can destroy a person's self-worth. Um, their relationships. Words can be toxic. Another one is, is what we allow into our brains. Did you know that your thought life can, can literally um, color everything that you perceive in life? That which you let into your head, into your brain, that which you think about can, will, not can, will color everything of life. It can be toxic or it can be purifying. And this is what you need to understand. The devil is an expert at using these things to destroy you. To destroy us, to destroy our saltiness and our testimony to the world. Don't let the devil win. And that's one of the reasons why um, we're entering into these next several weeks. As, as Tom was saying earlier, we have, as Christians, the Bible teaches we really have three primary responsibilities. We've got lots more, but the three primary responsibilities worship kind of what we're doing today, not kind of what we are doing today. We also have the the purpose and the responsibility of growing as, as disciples, which is part of the, what we do when we do book studies and then in service. So the next few weeks, we try to do um, a couple of times every year, we do an all-church study so that everybody's on the same page. It's not always that way, but a couple of times a year, we do some of these all-church studies. And um, this time we're doing this dull soul detox and there's lots of ways to get involved. You've been hearing about it now for a while. Um, obviously, on Sunday mornings, I'll be, I'll be um, sharing with you what these toxins or pollutants are that um, can steal our, our saltiness. Um, we have the, our life groups. Many of our life groups are going to be um, doing this study. Uh, and there's the participant guides back there on the table, like Thomas said, every week. If for those of you who want to go even deeper, there is a book by the same name called Soul Detox. Craig Grishel is the um, author of that if you want to go online and order that book because it will give you even more depth and nuance to what this is all about. Um, and for those of you that are not part of a life group, um, I'm inviting you personally to come and, and be a part of the, of the study that we're going to be doing here on Wednesday night starting next week at 6.30 we have child care available, so don't not come because you think, well, what am I going to do with the kids? Um, in fact, I've got my friend CJ is here with us today. She's going to be one of our child care providers during this. And uh, we wanted to kind of remove all of the obstacles that are often in the way of people um, experiencing the hope and the purity that comes from Christ. 
And I hope that you will all um, delve deeply into this because 2020, if you haven't noticed, has been pouring toxicity upon us almost every day, hasn't it? Threatening to um, steal our hope and our joy, our saltiness from a world that needs to know that um, there's living water offered to them that will quench that thirst. And his name is Jesus. The band is going to lead us in our final song this morning. And I want you to know, if you've come here today and you need a prayer with your pastor, I would count it a blessing to pray with you. Maybe today is the day that you um, have decided to follow Jesus, to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to be right over there. That door right over there is our prayer room. I'm going to be standing right over there after the, uh, as soon as the music starts. And if you want to want to pray to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, I would count it a privilege to pray that prayer with you. Maybe some of you today just need a prayer because you feel like you're, you're being overwhelmed with the toxicity of life and you're ready to, to start the process of, of p- being purified right now. I'd be privileged to pray that prayer with you right over there. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you just need to know someone cares. Well, I care. And I would love to pray with you and invite Jesus into whatever is going on in your life. That's one of the greatest and and most beautiful things that happens when we gather as the body of Christ to be reminded that we are not alone, that there is hope. And our hope is named Jesus. Amen? Amen. Jesse. Would you please stand and join us? Let's ask the Lord to fill us up and send us out so we can be the salt of the earth. from just singing, move us into 
that you would fill us up right this minute with your promised Holy Spirit. Lord, those of us that know you, would you empower us and encourage us to go into a world that is lost, hurting, and broken, especially with all the things that have happened in 2020 with the pandemic, with the Rachel, with the civil unrest, with the election. Lord, you know all of these things and how they're oppressing people and weighing them down. Help us to go out in the world and bring the gospel which will lift people up again, and to show your love. You've shown enough love to us. Now empower us to do the same for others. We pray and we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Have a great week. Told you you're not beautiful, never be enough.